Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 275 of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today, I have an incredible case study for you, which is how Sarah Pointer Ryan got her biggest speaking gig and what she did to monetize it. Now, this is the first part of a series of case studies that I'm doing to interview all my most successful clients on how they achieved a particular result. I'm going to dig deep into what they did, the mindset they use, the strategies that they use, the tools they use, so then you can replicate their success. In fact, uh, for those of you that don't know Sarah, she's an evolving, curious, and ambitious property nerd, known for her crazy side projects, planning trips abroad, serious Starbucks edition, and creative thinking. Sarah uses her own personal journey as a property entrepreneur to teach and inspire others. I've uh, worked with Sarah for more than uh, for more than a year now. And uh, I've seen the businesses that she has created around their properties, not only the training that she runs. She's definitely someone who walks her talk, and I've known very few people to be great, as great as property training as she is. And also, she's super cool to hang around with. <laughs> so make sure you connect with her. In fact, you can find all the links to connect with Sarah in the show notes. Uh, what we're talking about in this episode in particular is uh, how she got her biggest speaking gig, what she did to make the most of the opportunity that was presented to her, and also the core ingredients to create a presentation that converts in a short space of time. You will absolutely love that part in particular if you want to sell your product or sell your services from seminars, from webinars. That's what we are talking about here. Um, now, there are, few, there are two more things before we get started with the episode. Number one, if you are inspired from this interview and you say, actually, yes, I want to receive some support in my business. I'm an expert. I'm great at what I do. I want more people to know about the service that I provide. I want to have a better business around me. I want to create products and services that they are going to sell. If these are, this is the place where you're at, then don't hesitate. Let's book a call. You can find the link which is gtex.events forward slash call so it's gtex.events forward slash call let me say it again gtex.events forward slash call let's have a chat let's see how we can support you and how we can work together so that's number one number two if you want database of more than 500 publications that are looking for contributors like yourself to share their expert opinion, we've done the hard work for you. We've done all the heavy lifting. you got a database of more than 500 publications, more than 100 podcasts, the templates on how to contact them, and that's all for $29.99. So $29.99, you can find the link below uh, here in the show notes, or you can visit gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. So gtex.events forward slash publicity iPhone bundle. So now it's time to get started with the interview. Let me know what you think about these case studies. Let me know if there is a particular case study that you would like uh, me to feature in, in a particular scenario because we have hundreds of clients. So let me know and leave us a review and subscribe if you haven't done so. All right, that, that's all for me. Uh, enjoy episode 275, our case study on how Sarah Pointer Ryan got her biggest speaking gig. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is a live case studies interview that you're doing with the one and only Sarah Poynton Ryan. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I am incredibly well. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Now, uh, for uh, um, people that don't know you, before we get started in this case study, uh, talking about how you got your biggest event and uh, how that did that work for you, and we can like break down all the process for everyone that can that want to follow that. Um, can you please tell us a bit more about what you do? Just a few bit of background. That would be awesome. So I, um, I'm a property investor. That's the underlying um, industry that I sit in. Uh, I've been in the property space for four and a half years now, and um, I love what I do. I built a business from £60,000 of debt in 2015, um, and... I, I don't have that debt anymore. I have a portfolio that generates me great cash flow every single month. I now am a buy-to-let landlord myself. But the main part of my business um, and, and kind of the, the bit of my business that really shifted my life um, were two key strategies. One was building portfolios for other people uh, and the other was something called rent to rent, which is where we manage properties in quite a creative way um, to develop cash flow on properties that we don't buy effectively. Um, so I'm a property investor, but now I also have the pleasure of being able to help other people learn to do what we do. Um, and so I'm also a public speaker now and I'm a coach and a trainer. That's brilliant. And you're doing an incredible job. I mean, uh, I think when we met, we met, it was an event that we did together. And uh, you definitely stood out from all the other speakers. <laughs> so I, I was like, we had to connect. And um, we, we started doing some work together. Uh, the, the, quest, the first question I want to ask you was, uh, um, why did you decide to, do, to work with us, to, to work with me, to work with GTEx? What was uh, that made you say, actually, yes, I, I want to work with you guys? So it's really interesting you asked me that question because I was, I was asked that question by someone else yesterday because I was recommending you to a friend of mine. And their exact question was, why did you choose him? What was it about him that was different to everybody else? And I mean, you know this because I've told you bits of this before, but when about a year and a half ago, I'd made the absolute decision, I'd written it down, I'd committed it to the world that I want to do a public speaking booking in front of an audience of 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. And that is my underlying kind of goal that I want to get to ideally before 2025. That was my, that's mm -hmm. what I've written down. That's what I'm aiming for. Um, people think I'm mental, but I don't care. I'm very excited about this goal. Um, that, that's why we love you. Yeah, well, this is it. And I knew that I was okay as a public speaker. I was okay at holding an audience. Mm. I was okay at approaching people to get bookings. I was okay at that stuff. And I knew, and I'd been looking for about six or seven months for a mentor because I like adamantly think people should have a mentor in the thing that they want to learn to do. Mm -hmm. And I think when you pick a mentor, it, there should be a few things that you consider. One, it has to be somebody that's done what you want to do or is ahead of where you want to be. They may not have like, they may not be like over there and finished. They might be just slightly ahead of you, but whatever it is, they need to be ahead of where you are yeah. so that you can kind of walk in their foot steps ultimately i think that's really important and i think you have to pick a mentor based on how they make you feel as a human being and how you align in terms of ethics work value the, the types of attitudes you have to business and those sorts of things so yeah. 
for me, for a long time, I'd been looking inside of my own industry because there's lots of public speakers that speak about what I speak about. Um, most of them are men because I'm in a very male dominated environment. True. And if I'm really honest, the ones I was coming across were asking me to do things that ethically didn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Um, things like standing on a stage and crying about things that weren't true. I just could never get my head around why I needed to do that to convince a client to work with me. And so it's just not, it just was so far removed from what I wanted to be as a speaker. I took ages and ages and ages to find a speaker that I thought ethically I could connect with as a human being. I could just like be mates with and work with that. I trusted that if I gave them money, I would get value from it more value than what I was spending and that they would have time for me that I could talk to them. And so I spent a long time looking for mentor. Um, and when I met you, I saw you speak at that event. And again, you stood out to me as somebody, I was like, this guy's got something different. <laughs> Obviously you're you, now I know you, I know what you're like. And yeah. that, that's the thing, <laughs> you're very authentically you and you're authentically you all of the time. Hmm. And I'm that. Or I w- and I want to be that. I don't want to be something that I'm not on a stage. I never want to be trying to fake it to convince someone to work with me. Yeah. I yeah. want to inspire people to choose to work with me because they like who I am and what I stand for. Um, and that's why I chose you is because I felt like I connected with you, the ethos of GTEx, um, and the fact that you were never, ever going to ask me to stand on a stage and lie to people. Absolutely. No, I, <laughs> I mean, first of all, lots of love. Love you. <laughs> I love you back. A lot. A lot of, a lot of love here. But um, that, that's also what I respect about you as a speaker, where there are a lot of speakers that will compromise on their ethics uh, to make the extra sale or to get an extra opportunity or to lie about what they do and what they don't do. Then what we resonated with was there is no need for that. <laughs> we can just be who we are with our faults, with yeah. our fears, uh, with the, the things that are going well, with the things that are not going well, yeah. but still be there and show up to support our audiences and to support yeah. the people that we would really want to work with. I just think I give my clients more, um, I just think they're more intelligent than that. I think the people <laughs> that I work with are not idiots and I, I just don't think I need to treat them like idiots to get them to spend money. Yeah. Ultimately, my thoughts on this are, I won't be the right coach and trainer for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There's enough clients that I absolutely can work with and get the best out of for me to have a great business, empower the people that I will want to work with, yeah. that I don't need to lie about it. And that, that was my biggest challenge was I couldn't find anybody who would mentor me in a way that I felt comfortable with. And then I found you. And here we are. And here we are. And, uh, and I mean, that, are. That, that was, uh, that was about, I think more than a year ago from the moment that we are recording. No, almost, almost a year ago. Well, to be fair, it's probably about 18 months ago because it took me about six months to actually decide to work with you because um, <laughs> and I've been I'm a sick. you for about six months. <laughs> so yeah. I text every couple because, of weeks. Yeah. But the reason for that is because I don't, um, I don't part with money very, very easily. I especially don't part with the amount of money that I've spent on my education easily. Um, and I, I really had to make sure that it was the right move. And so for me, there was a couple of things. I guess I, I wasn't testing. That's probably the wrong words. But 
one, I wanted to make sure that you were as keen to work with me as I was to work with you, which yeah. if anybody knows Simone, he doesn't let up until he's got the fine name. <laughs> like, amazing. Like, I could learn a lot from that. It's brilliant. Um, but also, you, you never once tried to sell me. I know you did sell me, but you never once, like, forcibly tried to close me and scarcity tactics and all the NLP shit that goes with all of that. <laughs> You just said to me, this is what I can give you. This is what it costs. I negotiated because I can't not. Mm. We agreed where we settled. And then I made it work because I, th- I, I, I just felt it was the right move. Well, I mean, uh, uh, now as when we are here and uh, you had uh, one of the, one day, uh, there, there is a lot of the things that we, we did together and uh, I mean I can take uh, only I think probably like 20% of the credit or 30% of the credit <laughs> all the rest is down to you because you're the kind of person that you know you go out and you make things happen no matter what um, so one of the things that happened uh, was that you got your the biggest gig and you know sometimes you can find a situation that was the case study I want to really break down in the in this interview on how was that process for you what uh, did you learn from this process? What were some of the things that you, you put in place in order to make the most of this opportunity and, uh, uh, and so on? So if we can start from what uh, that opportunity was and then we can use that as a starting point. Okay, so I, I basically said, when, when Simone first came to my office in Milton Keynes um, and he was running through like the business canvas, like what do I actually want? What do I... Where do I want to go? Because those people that know me or have heard me speak before will know that I'm, I've always got a million different ideas. There's always a lot going on in my world. I kind of like it that way. Um, but I haven't always had the right team to support me in that. I've definitely struggled with that as an aspect of, of running the business. And so when I sat down with you, I said I wanted to do loads of different things. But really, when you drilled me on it, what I really wanted was to, to be a better speaker and to be in front of bigger audiences because I've got this goal of speaking to 10,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. So you definitely tested me out as a speaker because he sent a spy to one of my events, first of all, which I think is hilarious. It's actually, I gotta give credit where it's due, it was not my idea, it was Sephora's idea. Sephora Sephora. (laughs) sent a spy to my event, right? So I run events in Milton Keynes, and I did, I'm not at the moment, but I did. And the first event that I ran when I was actually working with Simone, there was a guy in the front row who I'd had a chat with, but did not have a clue who he was. Turned out to be Sephora's brother, I think, or stepbrother or brother-in-law or something like that. Anyway, he approached me me at the end and he went, basically, I've been spying on you all day to see if you're any good as a speaker and how you hold an audience and how you deliver and whether your ethics are there and things like that. And I thought that was brilliant because if Simone had been in the room, one, I'd have probably been super nervous and I wouldn't have just been me because at the time I didn't really know you that well then. Yeah, yeah. But two, it just meant that he got the real version of me, which meant you got to see what I was all about. So I thought that was brilliant. Anyway, from that, I then was booked to speak at your event. um, And then I've had a few introductions to other things. And I've always chased you and said, I want bigger, I want to go bigger, I want to go bigger, I want to go bigger. Um, And then I had a message from you on Facebook saying that there was, um, I can say the name of the event, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
there was a guy called Ed who was running an event and you'd put my name forwards. Um, I needed to message him. That was, you basically introduced us on Facebook Messenger. So I messaged the guy back and we had a bit of a conversation, but nothing really happened for a minute. And then, I don't know, it must have been about eight weeks later, maybe not, maybe 12 weeks later, I don't know, a, a, a while later, yeah. I got a message from him saying, uh, from Simone saying, you can expect a call today. I was like, from who? He's like, oh, Ed. I was like, I couldn't really even remember who this Ed guy was. And then I had like two weeks notice and I was speaking at Champion Con at Earl's Court to an audience of like 600 and something people. So I'd gone from like speaking to an audience of like 250 was my biggest audience at that point to 650 like and I had two weeks to prepare. How did you how did you feel about that? Like were you nervous? Were you excited? No. Oh, excited? Like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie, on the day <laughs> when I was standing backstage and I Levi Roots was on before me and I was absolutely like follow that. <laughs> I followed Levi Roots. I mean <laughs> mental, absolutely <laughs> mental. And I I remember standing backstage and my friend, like my best friend, one of my best friends was in the audience and I text her and I said, I need, I need you to come and like speak to me. And she came out of the audience and she came to backstage and she had a little chat with me and she was like, so there's a, there's kind of a mantra that we have and that my nan uses when she talks about, which is she believes she could. So she did right, like right. in my life, I believe I can do anything if I really want to do it. And so I do. So she came and reminded me of that and settled my nerves. But other than that little wobble before I went on stage, I wasn't nervous. I was just very excited. Uh, very yeah. excited. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I remember the, the, the excitement that you had. I remember even that gig. I was, uh, I think for every gig, there is important to have nerves. Otherwise, it means mm. that, I don't think if you, if you care, nerves are there. Yeah, I mean, uh, because it means that you care and you want to perform for the organizer, for the audience, uh, for for yourself. It's a respect thing. Like, first of all, I was so incredibly grateful to be even in that room with those people. Like, I met Levi Roots before I went on stage. I got to share a stage with you, with Ed. You know, but more importantly, I'd been trusted to effectively close out pretty much an event that had been running for two days with a room full of 650 people that had paid money to be in that room. And out of respect for them, I absolutely knew that I could not fuck it up. Sorry to swear. I'm not sure. I'm not. <laughs> like, I had to deliver. I had to bring my absolute A game and some. And so the nerves were a healthy nervousness, I think so excited but just respectful of the people that are in that room and we're, ex we're expecting value from me and that, that let's uh, let's look at your preparation like how did you prepare for it did you have to change a lot from what you were currently doing was it uh, something that, that what were the biggest things that you had to prepare for so i i did a 90 minute talk yeah. um generally speaking i either do a whole day or an hour Mm -hmm. They are my two kind of sets, or I do three days at my three yeah, day event. Yeah. So we effectively had to take a whole day's training and chunk it into 90 minutes worth of, of mm. content. Now, um, I was doing a sell from the sage slot. Um, so I didn't pay to be there, but I'd, I was splitting fees effectively for the in mm. return for putting me on the stage. 
So the preparation, the key bits of preparation really were really deciding who was going to be in that room. Yeah. It wasn't a property event. So it was an investing event. It was about um, digital and physical assets and how you can make assets generate cash for you forever. So I was kind of at the back end of that. Once you've made money from business, how do you invest money? And that's kind of mm -hmm. where I slotted in. Um, so I had to make what is normally a very property specific talk relevant to non-property people. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that was definitely an evolution of my talk. Yeah. Um, I certainly had to prep more on things like keeping to time than I'd ever really done before. Just out of respect for the other speakers and the event organizers and things like that. You can't run over. It's just not acceptable. No. Um, I think the obviously the, the sale at the end was different to what it had normally been because of what we were selling um, and who we were selling to in terms of being able to actually help those people properly yeah. um, and from an operational perspective like back office we had to do some work to be ready for the level of sales that could come from a room of 650 people to deliver the service that we inevitably want to deliver so let's start from the first part which is a, a select a, like selecting the presentation and yeah. identifying which part from a, a larger presentation to put in the 90 minutes because uh, um, <laughs> I remember I don't I don't I heard this quote before I don't remember who said it but it was someone that was really a famous public speaker or a president or someone that says um, if I have a if give me a speech of uh, an hour and I need 10 minutes to prepare, give me a five minute speech and I need a week to prepare. <laughs> Which I think like putting in context is easier when you have more time because you can expand, but when you have to be succinct in a certain time and also make it from someone that doesn't know you to have someone that immediately buys from you, you know, yeah. in 90 minutes, yeah. <laughs> there is a process to that. So how did you identify the content to keep and what to eliminate? So, I mean, with your help, First of all, I went and I had a meeting with you and we went through my talks and what we did was we looked at the most successful presentations I'd done up to that point, one in terms of audience engagement and the other in terms of actual physical sales off the back. And we kind of narrowed down why my audience would buy from me. Like what, what's, what is it about me that I can give to them and what's important to them? Um, and then what we were able to do is basically just work through those presentations and just nick all the best bits and kind of create this hybrid yeah. presentation. Um, it was really more about keeping it as simple as we could because when you go techie in a 90-minute presentation, you lose people. Yeah. Um, so keeping it as simple as we could keep it without not giving anything so for me i'm so i teach how i know not everybody teaches how they a lot of people teach what and then they sell how yeah. but i like to teach how in some places because otherwise people just get stuck and i i don't i don't want people to come away from seeing me speak and go well she told me about a theory but she didn't really give me any value at all yeah. that's just not what i want so we took all the real techie techie stuff out and we left with a really lovely blend of understanding the opportunity that's there what they can do and how i did it i.e you know it was part-time it was around other businesses it was there it, i explained all of that 
And then I gave them some key takeaway things they could implement if they wanted to themselves. So they got value and they could go and do stuff themselves. But then I invited them to come and work with me to take it faster and further if they wanted to. And that's kind of how we structured it. Um, now, thinking about the, um, uh, the, the offer that you were yeah. making, did you have to change much from uh, offers that you were making before? Um, did you have to change? Uh, um, was it something that you had before and your purpose for the event? Uh, how did you come up with that? So I have a training company that has a, a, like a suite of products. What I didn't want to do is create extra brand new products that one would have took a big work in terms of operational delivery yeah. to completely change the structure just because it was a new audience. What I needed to do was to make sure that what they were buying was relevant to them, but was a product that we already had. So we, I, so I have um, like a one day event, a, a three, a, well, it's two days now, a two day training event. Um, and we have like a partnership program where we help people build portfolios. Mm -hmm. So it was the two day training that I wanted to sell. Um, and so we actually, we kept the product pretty much the same. We, we actually, we're going to be doing it online now rather than yeah. like in a room, but that's, that's not really relevant to this. Um, so we left the product the same, but we really thought about how that product fitted with the audience that we had. Um, and we added some stuff into that product that blended in nicer with that audience. So actually we yeah. created a better product because we had a new set of audience coming in. Yeah, it's, it's really important. In fact, uh, if you had to give a, if someone, for example, is in, the sim, in a similar situation where you were, where you had to, to basically adapt a product uh, to a new audience yeah. that uh, you didn't sell before, but still there was a link. What piece of advice can you give them to identify what parts to keep and what parts to add or what parts to take, to take off? I mean, the easiest thing is to ask your clients what bits were the best bits and the bits that were most relevant. Um, but short of that, if you don't have any clients, let's say it was your first ever event and you were trying to adapt to an audience, I think my advice would be to break it down into sort of absolutely non-negotiable has to be there or it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then the layer that is we could maybe record some videos to explain this. And actually this is just some fluffy stuff to fill some time. I think if you split those things into categories, if you're trying to work your either into an audience or into a time limit, you can get rid of the fluffy shit that you don't need and concentrate on the non-negotiable has to be there. Otherwise it makes no sense and there's no context. Yeah. And the bits that you can then read. So we took out some content and created video demos and sent them out as video like homework before the event yeah, so that we yeah. could add in some extra content on the actual course. Ah, oh, that's really good. So now, so basically what you did, you added some extra material yeah. to basically bridge the gap and put yeah. them up to speed yeah. to make use of the core yeah. program that you already had. Yeah. Very smart. And the thing about that that's great is we created digital assets that we can actually now sell as well. So we sell them as a separate product. So actually in the creation of trying to serve for our client in the best possible way, where we hadn't have ever thought of that before, we created another saleable product that gives us a different revenue stream. And this is for everyone who's watching or listening. If you're thinking about 
everything you create. Think about how can I repurpose this? How can I use this in another way? How yeah. can I resell it or what? How can I add it as a bonus over to for other programs I'm doing? Don't see this as, a, oh my God, I need to do this additional work, but this is assets that you are actually creating for your company. You are creating for yeah, your Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, so I've, I've, I've got a couple of people that say to me, why do you change your presentation every time you do it? Hmm. Like, because it gets better every time I do it. There will never be a finished presentation. There will yes. always be something I've learned from the time before or an improvement I could make or a change to the industry or something that I can tweak to just make it better. I think you always need to be thinking about how you can serve and solve for your clients in the best way. And, and that's uh, what makes it, what make, that's what makes it an incredible speaker because uh, you really think about the audience and you think about uh, changing things. It's not just a standard presentation. I'm going and leaving. It's not but about it's, me. It, I don't, I'm, I'm irrelevant in the process. I just happen to be the voice that enjoys delivering the content. <laughs> What matters is yeah. what people learn and how they, what they take away from it, either how they feel when they walk out of that room, if they're motivated and inspired to want to do something different, or if they just feel educated in that they've learned something they didn't know before. It's not about me. It's about them. Mm -hmm. I have a question, uh, two more questions before we wrap up. One is about the sales process. Um, you're used, you were used before to sell on a longer day event. So either one day or two days or three days. Um, how did you find the, the, um, the presentation? The presentation that you created, what parts can you identify that can get someone from not knowing you and not needing a full day now to actually buy from you at the end? So what crucial part of your presentation, they, they were there that made it possible? So I think there's a couple of things with this in, in just thinking about me personally as a speaker. One, I think it's the, my, my background and how the journey I went on from like 2015 to 2017 mm -hmm. uh, and what that looked like. I'm, I'm as honest as I can comfortably be about that. You know, it, it's still now when I talk about how uncomfortable it, things were for me financially, it makes me like, I, it makes me cry. So there's things that I don't say on stage because I, I physically wouldn't be able to speak. So I'm as honest as I can be about the background that I have been through and the journey that I've been through. And I think that either relates to people or it doesn't. If you've never yeah. been through having debt and being literally scared of like the postman coming because you don't know how to pay your bills. If you've never been through that, you'll never relate to that. And then you maybe wouldn't buy from me. But I know there's loads of people that ha can relate to that and are actively trying to get out of that right now. So I share that because I think it's important for people to recognize that they're not on their own mm. and that even though they're going through that right now today, that if they want to be a speaker and be speaking in front of 650 people at some point, that you can go from feeling as emotionally and financially broken as I was yeah, yeah. to being where I was. So the journey, I think, and the background is important. Um, and I think the, the simplicity of it, like when I take a whole day to sell, we, we teach, we really do go, we dig deeper. Whereas when you've only got 90 minutes to sell, it's, you have to, you just have to make it as simple as you possibly can yep. and just be you, like be authentically you all the time. You know, when I did champion con, like my <laughs> a friend of mine said to me, you know, 
it's a really big event. Do you not think you should like put on a shirt and trousers and like <laughs> heels? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm going in my trainers. I'm wearing my t-shirt. I'm wearing my jeans. I'm going and being me because if you put me on a stage in front of all those people and I was anything but me, I'd have, I'd have broken it. It would have been rubbish. But I was yeah. there. I was in jeans. I was in trainers. I was. And in that's what people can expect from you from the get go. When we are Absolutely. talking about when we are Boy. talking about authenticity and showing up, and it's not about you know some people can get caught up in in the particularly professional speaking industry and say no, you always need to be to dress the part. And but at the same time, it's about what is what is your brand? What is your brand? Is your brand about like the are you the polished? Yeah. Or are you the person that is in trainers and is in a t-shirt and that's how you like to be. <laughs> so I think some people are at their most comfortable when they're in a three piece. And so they should wear one. Some people are at their most comfortable. Exactly. Some people are at their most comfortable when they've got a beautiful dress on and their hair's done, the makeup's done and they've got Louboutins on their feet and that's for them. For me, I like my G said trainers. I like my black jeans and I like a t-shirt and it's, I wear, it's what I wear all day, every day. And so for me, I think I have to give the authentic version of me always. And so why dress up and be something that I'm not when, I mean, my trainers are, they're good trainers. I know, I know. So um, for those of you that don't know, Sarah is a bit of a fetish for uh, white trainers. Um, so well, trainers. How, many, how, many, how many white trainers do you have? Pairs of white so trainers? I've probably have? got, in this house, I think I've got about 40 pairs of trainers. Like <laughs> Some of them are my husband's, but we're about the same size. So we kind of... <laughs> kind of um, I've, got, I've got two pairs that are for public speaking. So when mm -hmm. I'm on a stage, you'll see me in one of two pairs of trainers, which, are, which were trainers I bought for myself as rewards for achieving goals in the company. Yeah. Uh, the, well, which one is your favorite one, the top one? Uh, I've got a pair of Jimmy, Shoe, Jimmy Choo trainers that I speak in that yeah. I like my face. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not talking about uh, they are not they, they are trainers they are trainers they are good trainers they good stuff okay um, last question I have is about the back end and operations so what was your kind of preparation to make the most of that opportunity uh, because as you say it's almost like you need to be when you're in this kind of situation it, you, you never know how it's going to go of course there is nothing you can absolutely predict. But it's almost uh, you, you got to be prepared for yeah. something great to happen, and uh, you got to be prepared of nothing happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, what was your preparation on the back end to make sure that you got the most out of this opportunity? So, my conversion rates, speaking from the stage, very high, and I mean I'm very grateful for that. That's not a boasty thing. It's just something You're I'm good. very excited about my conversion rates are good. And so I knew that if I was going to get that opportunity, if I prepared for it well, there should be no reason why I didn't convert well out of that room. And up until that point, I'd never spoken to an audience of that level. And so our operation had never handled an influx of clients at that level. So first of all, the, the, the things that I did normally when I go and speak, I just go on my own. I took a team of four of us with me and, yeah. um, to handle, and on top of that, we had a videographer, we have a photographer as well. So there was like seven people there effectively for me. Um, I know we shared the videographer, but we, you know, I, I took a team of people to make sure that we could absolutely maximize everything we were getting out of that room. Yep. 
Um, and then the follow-up, the, um, like the communication with the clients, all of those sorts of things had to be nailed because obviously I'm, I'm selling from a stage. The event organizer is expecting me to make them money as much as I'm expecting to make money for myself. Mm-hmm. So after we've done the sales in the room and I've come off stage, I mean, there was probably about a hundred people that I spoke to after the actual talk um, photos and all those sorts of things. I, could, I couldn't physically speak to everybody. So having a team of people there that could do that was really helpful. Um, and then in terms of like my team afterwards, follow-ups, we just made sure that the calls happened. It was all added to the CRM correctly. Um, admin is not my skill set. Like it really isn't. And, you know, Simone knows this anyway, but I've not had the most, um, the best experience with a team over the last 12 months. I've had some yeah. challenges, let's say. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my team now are absolutely like on point. Uh, I love them. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good. They work so hard and they absolutely have business and it's be- like their best intentions completely is brilliant. And so those guys were quite new at that point. So they were being led by me, but actually they were just doing their job, which was to follow up, make sure things were getting done, raise invoices, send out client packs, all that sort of stuff. And doing what I said I was going to do in terms of communicating afterwards, I spoke to everybody. I added everybody to the Facebook page. We did a, which we've never, we've never done this before, but Everybody that bought on that day, we did like a welcome to Kajito um, call, which was actually inspired by you, um, which was just an opportunity because in that room of all those people, I hadn't personally connected necessarily with each of them in terms of knowing who they were and things like that. Um, So I did that Zoom call with all of them so that actually they could see that I wasn't just a face on a stage that they would have access to me. They could get hold of me and that I was the same like this as I was on that stage so that I could reassure them that their investment in me and their trust in me was well put. Yeah. And you mentioned something which is really important, which, which is a, that group call after, because when in particular in the multi-speaker event dynamic, you know, people might have bought multiple products, multiple services. Yeah. There might be that still that feeling of, did I, did I buy the right thing? Did I make the right decision? Yeah. And so the sooner you do this, uh, or like an onboarding call or a welcome call yeah. to reaffirm, and this is what you bought, this is what's incredible, this is what's going to help you out and uh, give the, someone the peace of mind of, yes, I made the right investment. I'm in the right place. And it's not something I'd ever done before. It's something I definitely should have done before, but I never, it had never occurred to me to do it because you don't know what you don't know, right? This is why I pay for a mentor. This is why I have a mentor because there's things you do and I think... That there is a brilliant idea. Why aren't I doing that? That's what I'll do. And then I do it and it works. And it could have took me forever to get to that. But actually (laughs) now when we do an event, we do a follow-up call with everybody, whatever we're selling off the back end, we make sure that if it's, if it's a reasonable ticket price plus kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, like 250 plus, if they're spending actual proper money with us, that we treat it as such, you know, we, we invest the time, you know, if someone's going to spend two thousand pounds with me, then I they deserve my time and my attention. And so, yeah, Absolutely. those sorts of things are really lovely touches that I never I never thought of before. Right. So now uh, to wrap up, uh, um, what are some of the things that uh, you're working on at the moment? Like, what can people that are following and that have been watching or listening they can expect to see from you in the next few few days or a few months? Okay. So there's some cool stuff coming. <laughs> I'm very excited. So because of coronavirus, 
it has forced me to think differently about running my business and what that has allowed me to do it's also given me a load of time I've been like hanging around in my house more so than usual Mm -hmm. Um, so we've got on the 27th of April we have our first ever five-day raise investor leads from social media challenge happening Um, it's free so if you want to join that and and work out how to get investor leads for your business from for property or for any sort of business really um let me know or let Simone know or comment and i can get the link to you come and join us it's going to be good fun mm-hmm. basically five tasks over five days and i'm going to be online with you for five whole days um, i'm going to be doing training sessions every night for five days all free um so that's going to be really good fun i'll, I'll put um, the link in the show notes so then you guys can register for that perfect um, I am our two day event that we used to do. We've evolved the content and we are turning it into a digital version. So people, it's like a home study course now instead yeah. of, um, an event based study course, which I think is better for our clients. It's not necessarily better for us because actually being in a room is a bit more fun, but a lot of my clients need to study at home around children, around yeah. childcare. They don't want to pay for hotels and trains and all the other things that go with that. So a home study course allows us to also deliver it at a slightly lower price than an event because we don't have overheads, we don't have venues, we don't have food, we don't have staff, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so it means that actually we're able to serve people even better yeah. again, which is exciting. Um, and we're launching our partnership program as well as of the 1st of June. So people that do want to build property businesses, instead of just teaching people how to do it, we're going into business with people to do it with them. We're putting skin in the game in the same way that they are. Um, it will be less people, but more success, I suspect. So I'm very excited about that. Wow. So we're going to put all the links uh, here in the show notes. Uh, if you want to get into properties or uh, you want to invest in properties, make sure you contact Sarah. She's absolutely awesome. And it's someone that you can trust. <laughs> I've I been knowing her for, for, for a while now. I love to hear from anybody. Uh, and also, so, you know, I, I'm... I'm happy to just kind of chat it through if anybody wants to really just find out whether even this sort of industry is for them. Because I spoke to a client today and they said, but I need loads of money to get started in property. You don't, you really don't. Um, you know, Facebook, Instagram's a good place to start with me. Um, and yeah, I'd love to chat to anybody. Uh, what I want to leave uh, the, uh, this, uh, this interview with is with a final piece uh, where I will ask you to complete a, a sentence. And okay. the sentence is uh, because of GTEx, I. So if you want you to finish to... that sentence. Yeah, finish the sentence. Because of GTEx. Uh... Okay. So because of GTEx, I felt empowered and confident enough in my own ability, my capabilities as a speaker and to serve my clients that I just went for it. Um, whereas historically, I might not have said yes to that opportunity because I felt it was bigger than where I was at the time. It really wasn't. And it was one of the best decisions ever. So because of GTEx, I got to have the biggest gig of my life. So far, far. far. uh, that's the that's the first of many. That's the first of many. All right, Sarah, thank you very much for being part of this uh, case studies interview. I'm sure that everyone has been watching and listening, find it incredibly valuable. And uh, make sure you get in touch with Sarah. And uh, if you want to work together and see how we can help your business, how we can help you get out there, then become an authority in your field. Then uh, book a call. I love to work together. Thank you very much. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. See you later.
Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.